0: at and Stadium, the site for the Big 12 Media Days, day two, and we're presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni. We we've, we, we mentioned it earlier, but we have talked to just about every type of person involved in, in college football. Why not talk officiating? Yeah, about the guys wearing the striped shirts, which is really fun. I really
1: uh, appreciate this uh, and said it to Greg Burks at the end of the interview that we recorded. Greg is the coordinator of officials for the Big 12 Conference, was on the field for many, many years. Now it's moved into the coordinator's role. And he made a presentation earlier today, kind of started the day uh, on day two of the Big 12 Media Days with a presentation to the media about rules changes, points of emphasis, things like that. And I think some really good information passed along. So here is that conversation with Greg Burks, the coordinator of officials for the big 12 conference from big 12 football media days in arlington we continue and we're pleased to be joined by greg burks the coordinator of officials for the big 12 conference going back to the days when you were on the field now the coordinator of officials uh, does this time of year kind of get the juices flowing for you
2: this is the official kickoff here yeah. we go yeah i jokingly told one of the coaches everybody still likes me but i've got about 30 days and we <laughs> kick it off
1: and right. things
2: change and we get to reality real fast you're a
1: popular guy right now <laughs> that's right it, I want to talk about maybe points of emphasis for this year, but you were telling me a a fantastic story about Matt Rule, who's a former head coach at Baylor. How – well, just retell that story.
2: Coach Rule, his first year was, uh, as you know, a very passionate coach. Yes, yes and didn't feel that we were refereeing quite to the standard that he <laughs> felt we should. And so we had a lot of Sunday conversations. Um, I won't talk to coaches on Saturdays uh, because of a replay and everything that goes on. I just tell them, I can't talk to you, and you need to calm and cool. And so he would call me on Sundays, and it was, it was confrontational. Mm-hmm. And I just finally told him, I said, you need to come to our meeting and see what we do and how we do it and understand what we do. Because more than once he would mention to me that he had coached in the NFL and knew what holding was, and apparently we didn't. And so he, he was a man of his word. He said, I'll come. And the second year he came, and um, I used that story a lot with other coaches because it gave him some insight and understanding on how we do things, which is important for him to understand who's looking where and what our philosophies are. And uh, his input to us was invaluable to see the game from the coach's perspective. Now, as I shared with you, he had a very successful second year. <laughs> and right. So, coaches tend to believe that we referee better when they win. Yeah. And uh, but Funny I. Funny how that
1: works. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> the,
2: the only negative of him coming to the meeting was you may have heard this or not, but his truck was stolen. He did the meeting. Oh, that's and went right. I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> of course, we had officials say that was karma. but uh, <laughs> um, it, it developed into a very good working relationship. I had a lot of respect for Coach Rule. And uh, he, he he then held us accountable to do what we said we were going to do. He would call and say, you said you were going to do this, and you didn't yeah. quite do it that way. <laughs> but it, it really was very beneficial, and I enjoyed working with him very much. Have you
1: had any other head coaches in the league that, that take you up on that offer? Uh, we
2: have had a few coaches okay. come. It, you know, it's a difficult time frame. It's next week. right? So for them, practice is about to start. But we've had uh, coaches send assistance. You know, if you're a defensive backs coach, It's beneficial to come sit with our officials and watch us watch film on DPI and OPI Mm -hmm. and talk about what are the things we're looking for and how do you teach that so that um, you can be more effective. So we do have some coaches come, and uh, I encourage it, but I understand the time frame is not very good for them. We, We did change our clinic once. to june so the coaches could come and none of them came because that was their down period (laughs) (laughs) we said listen we get it you know some coaches just tell me you do what you do i do what i do i am not interested i have other coaches that want to know everything about officiating and that that's my job i look at coaches as my clients and it's my job to fulfill what it is they need so however much time they want to spend on officiating i'll spend that time with them. that's
0: great it's a great approach yeah Every year there are points of emphasis, Uh, whether it's on-field mechanic or whatever the case may be. So where do these points of emphasis come from? The rules committee. And I try and
2: make everybody aware that the rules committee is made up of coaches and ADs, not officials. We meet at the end of uh, January every year as the coordinators, and we all put plays together that concern us or things we'd like the committee to look at. And then it goes to the committee. But the coaches really are the stakeholders, and they they drive what happens with this. And then it's our job to take the rules once they've been uh, approved and find a way to implement them and make sure that everybody understands them as well as we can.
1: Uh, so this year you uh, made a presentation at the Big 12 Media Days uh, on, on Thursday morning. And the points of emphasis that you shared with all of us, uh, one, one of those is targeting player safety rules. I mean, that's going to be pretty much every year a point of emphasis, isn't it? Player
2: safety is always at the top of the list. And college football has done a very good job with targeting blindside blocks and now the change in the low blocks to try and make the game as safe as we can possibly make it i am amazed um the collisions we see in college football i mean the athletes have gotten so strong and so fast and they're they're so dedicated they're just amazing but it's our job to create a scenario that we lessen their their chance of injury, and and we've done a good job with that. If you look at the numbers, um, targeting has changed football. If you think of receivers, punt returners those scenarios when when players were just laid out, yeah. those plays are, are diminished and are going away, and player behaviors change. When you see people make tackles now, you see a significant change in player behavior, and I think we've been pretty effective. But I don't think that will
1: never change, just one of the points of emphasis. One well, note you made about that, about targeting, was the equipment change with the helmet sort of redefines, doesn't it, what is the crown of the helmet?
2: Yeah, but when, you, when you talk about where the helmet face mask um, bolted to the helmet right? we used that as a, a marker if you will above that space was what we defined as the crown and uh, players are getting better and better at keeping their head up and that's what we want if we can keep the defender's head up chances are they're not going to get those neck injuries and um, what we found is that by redefining where the crown is, that player that keeps his head up, there may be contact with the forehead, mm-hmm. which before would have been targeting. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, no, we really want it to be that button. And so the, the quickest way in doing replay is where's his eyes? If he sees what he hits, chances are the crown's up and he's is not going to be targeting.
0: Along those same lines, could, is there a thumbnail sketch that you can give our listeners when they're watching a college football game on how to define what what they're looking for what they're seeing when 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 we're talking about targeting yeah
2: I'll try and do this without adding numbers to it <laughs> okay yeah because it's nine one three and nine one four is where it falls in the rule book huh. what's important is the distinction between a defenseless player and a player who's not defenseless. if you're a defenseless player and you are hit above the shoulders, that's targeting, whether it's with a helmet or an arm or... So let's say a quarterback, by definition, is in the passing posture, and somebody comes and waylays him with a forearm across their head, that could be targeting because he's defenseless. Once you're a runner, the only way it's going to be targeting is if the defender hits you with that crown. And that's the two distinctions, if you will. And players have gotten much, much better in understanding what that is. So the first thing that we do is decide whether a player is defenseless or not. And um, that distinction just puts us down the path of what is and isn't targeting. And we're getting much, much better at it. And, you know, when you watch a game, You don't watch a game anymore where there isn't an officiating expert commenting. (laughs) And so fans are getting more discerning on what is and isn't targeting. But it's still a little gray area at time for people. But we're getting better and better at it. So intent has nothing to do with, with targeting. We don't referee intent. Right. We don't refereeing intent is impossible you intended always to knock me down (laughs) that doesn't always happen and how you knock me down i can't go intent and i've had coaches say well he intended to block us low he didn't block you low you got your hands out and you pushed him to the ground it's obvious he intended to block you low, but you got your hands out and pushed him to the ground. That's not a low block. Yeah. right. Well, that doesn't make sense, <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> I, I understand, but we don't referee intent. We referee what occurs. Intent does matter, though, doesn't it, in uh, unsportsmanlike calls? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's it. A... Like you were <laughs> yeah. asked the annual question <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> earlier today about yeah. the horns down, yeah. and uh, I thought you had a great answer for that.
2: I have no ownership on horns down up. You know, I, I could go. I could give you all the symbols. Right. You guys get you've it. seen them all, right? I, I don't yeah, care yeah. what it is. And by the way, I've already got some emails from some Oklahoma fans already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one I like the best this morning was, um, I don't care whether horns down is a penalty or not, but your face is a 15 yard
1: penalty. So oh, thank so you. it's football season. Yeah, it's football season. Oh but, boy,
2: um, yeah, classic. it's all about. What you do and how you do it, and did you do it to demean an opponent? Right. If you're doing it, whether you make the tackle and stand over and flex, you know, that's one that we all look at and go, okay, that's foul. It gets iffy. What if you do that five yards away? hmm hmm now we have to make a decision, did it impact you? Mm-hmm. If we don't have those fouls, we have brawls. I mean, they, they, it, it leads to bad, bad things in our game. And, so, and it's not a good look for the game. It's, that's not what college football is supposed to be about. So horns up or down, I have no ownership of that. Yeah. I don't care what it is. I really don't. It's how you treat your opponent, and you've got to treat them with respect.
1: It is a hot-button issue, though, isn't it?
2: Oh, somebody asked me. <laughs> somebody, one of the reporters said, I'm going to ask you, once Texas is out of the league, is it still a foul if it's on <laughs> a I said, ask me
1: that. That would be great. Funny. Yeah, that will be great. That will be funny. Greg, explain to our listeners, Greg Burks is with us, coordinator of officials for the Big 12 Conference. Explain to our listeners, uh, you know, it's not just your guys showing up on Saturday. The work that goes on during the week and the work that goes on after a game also?
2: You're not in the Big 12 if it's your first year officiating. Okay? Generally, you've officiated at the high school level. You went to uh, junior college or Division Two. Then you got into FCS. And in our system, Southland is part of our umbrella. So you'll referee in a Southland school. If you're successful there, you'll get an opportunity and you'll go to the Mountain West. If you're good at the Mountain West, when an opening occurs, you come to the Big 12. And so these are officials that are very accomplished. They spend a lot of time. And that sense that they just show up and referee on Saturdays, that's not reality. We have professionals in every walk of life. They own their own businesses. They're doctors and lawyers and and they invest at least 40 hours a week during the season working wow. at football and 20 hours a week in the off season because of all the testing and things that we do to prepare for the season and when you put that in perspective it's the money is nowhere close right you right. know for the amount of that time but let me tell you i still miss being on the field there is nothing like being on the field of a college football game and having the opportunity to referee that game.
0: Greg, in in the state of Texas, uh, you talk about your pool starts at the high school level. In the state of Texas right now, we're having trouble getting officials. You're not the only one. Hmm. I
2: I live in Colorado Springs, and I haven't done high school football for 30-plus years. And uh, I was invited back to the high school group, and it was the same guys I refereed with. Wow. Wow. And I looked around and said, wait a minute, where's the new guys? And where it's in all sports, it's getting harder and harder to find officials. But I would ask you, would you be willing to go out and have people yell and scream at you and carry on for $35 or $50 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. depending on where you're at, when you can go find a minimum wage job that pays $15 an hour and you don't have to prep and do all the things. So you got to love the game. Now, that being said, I don't have any problem fighting officials because the pyramid gets so narrow at the top that there's plenty. But we recognize... Um, that moving forward, that's going to be a significant issue that we're going to have to f- deal with. Now, there are opportunities for women. We will have a, a woman full-time on staff this year on field, one in replay, and we have four others in our umbrella system coming up. that are. And so I, I have to be careful to make sure I say officials, um, th- and that's a big change. And as you've seen, there's a couple of women in the NFL now. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage anybody that has interest in officiating get to your local high school group and they'll get you going and the opportunity is pretty fantastic that's good and nothing's better than friday night lights Yep. Yeah. nothing's better than
1: friday that's night a great lights. note yeah. i think we have two female uh basketball officials in yes. the big 12 yeah that's now. Right. so that's that is a trend
2: that's right i did college basketball for a long time and there was one year that it just worked out that violet palmer who was she's now a coordinator and she refereed in the nba um, I don't know how many games I saw her work because it happened to be a women's men doubleheader kind of thing. She's one of the best athletes I've ever seen on the floor. And what we do as officials is mental. I mean, we physically have to get in position, but it's mental. And that's not gender-specific. You know, the the question, well, you didn't play the game, or there is truth to that. Yeah. And those that play the game often understand the nuances a little bit better. But you absolutely have to break some habits as a player or as a coach to officiate you don't get to watch the game you get to watch two or three players and your focus needs to be as such and so uh, the opportunity there is really fantastic for anybody that wants to get involved right now
1: well we appreciate your time thank you very much uh know how much that we in the baylor broadcast booth we uh appreciate the officials and you're part of the game and you guys and girls are are part of everything that goes on on a game day. So we appreciate that and the time that you invest into doing your best job. I like to remind people nobody wants to get a call right more than you guys. That's right. You know, nobody. I mean, no fan sitting in Section 210, you know, wants it any more right than you do. That's exactly right. And as I remind our coaches, statistics show that it's
2: 50-50. The calls in the games are 50-50. The sense was when you went and played on the road, that it was 70-30 or 60-40, <laughs> right. it's 50-50. Yeah. It's hard to win on the road, I get that, but it's not hard because of officiating. The game's the same wherever we go, and we appreciate you guys. Talk nice about us during the season, mate.
1: We do. We All absolutely right. do. Greg, it. thanks very much. Thank you. Greg Burks, the coordinator of officials for the Big 12 Conference.
0: Greg Burks, the uh, coordinating, coordinator of officials for the Big 12 Conference. Did you did you learn anything that you didn't know about Football 2022 from from Greg
1: always uh, just, you know, to to make note of the points of emphasis, Mm -hmm. you know, which means what they are really looking for, what they're going to be keying in on. They have a uh, seminar next week. It's here in the Metroplex. And um, uh, it's really cool that they invite the media to come in and sit in on a couple of those sessions, which I think is great. You know, I just love the transparency there where they want us to know, you know, what the officials are looking at, looking for. I've been to a number of those, and um, uh, to me it just shows how hard they work. Again, like we said to Greg – You know they want to get those calls right Right. more than anybody. You know more than any fan, more than any broadcaster. So it shows how hard they work, and I always appreciate them letting us come in.
0: And I found it interesting that uh, he, him describing the tree, if you will, of how you get to the Big Twelve. It's not hey, I'm going to officiate and then go from this conference to that conference. There is a system in place that they use to elevate officials to this league. Yeah, and it's not easy. No, you got to work. You got to pay your dues. You got to start and move up and to
1: get to the Big 12, he told us, uh, what, six openings this year Mm -hmm. going into this season, six openings to fill. uh, And he knew the number exactly. I mean, he knew what he needed to fill. So really, really a uh, uh, first-rate process for the officiating of the Big 12.